Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Pam Marvin, sitting high atop the uh, St. Mary's Catholic Center as we look over that amazing crane that's out there. It's like, that's impressive. It's The building is still, uh, I guess they're about to put up some of the major posts and so forth, and the crane is unbelievable, and it's got a little Aggie flag flying from it, so that's pretty cool. So welcome, everyone. Joining me in the studio this morning as always, or not always, but Thaddeus. Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning, Pam. Dennis is over there on the board taking care of business, so thank you, Dennis, for being here. But my guest on the second part of the show is also joining us, Deacon Mark Oliveri. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. It's so good to have you here, and his countenance just blesses me. I can just, it's just, it's really cool. I just, Great radio voice, too. Oh, yes, for sure. And then Great the spirituality on the side of that, so thank you so much for joining us in a pinch today, Deacon Mark, but we have... When you and I got to talk, we have so many really cool things to talk about in the last half. But before we get started, I mean, I guess there's, I want to start with our St. Joseph prayer, okay? Um, O blessed St. Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me all the knowledge and love of the sacred heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. And we'd like to remind you that making um, this prayer, the year of St. Joseph, carries with it a plenary indulgence instead of the usual partial indulgence. But speaking of that, that is, you were talking about how Pope Francis has extended the indulgence indulgence for visiting the cemeteries during the Holy Souls. Yeah. So normally on a normal year, when you visit a cemetery on All Souls Day, there is a plenary indulgence attached to that spiritual work, along with the usual conditions of confession, reception of Holy Communion, and the sticking point, no attachment to sin whatsoever. <laughs> That's the tough one. Um, but that would be a, 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 a plenary indulgence. And Pope Francis, for this year, for the entire month, that plenary indulgence is available. So you can visit a cemetery at any time during the month of the dead and make that plenary indulgence, and then you can apply it to the soul of a deceased loved one. It's not a plenary indulgence for yourself or for a living soul, but for someone in purgatory. That's beautiful. You know, but speaking also of St. Joseph, we're fresh off the benefit dinner last Thursday. Yeah, cheers to Joseph. Cheers. Oh, it was so good. I really enjoyed our speakers from the Catholic Man Show. Just really fine young men um, that came and just really mm-hmm. poured their heart out. And, and, you know, I tell you, 
you, you think a benefit dinner, oh, that's nice, so forth and so on. But when you can walk away with what you feel like are more spiritual tools to grow in holiness or grow closer to the saints. And I really, I really walked away with that, with the sense of St. Joseph, his protection, his guidance. You know, I started looking, I've had a devotion to him for many, many years, but there was something that just kind of switched the night of the benefit that made it oh, that's wonderful, the protection, Pam. you know, from a, from a wife standpoint, not just the protection on my family in general. So I guess it went from kind of a more, it got more personal for me. Great. That day, Great. The, the benefit. Great. And so that was really beautiful. And I really thank you guys for that inspiration and, and Pope Francis too, for making it the year of St. St. Joseph. Because yeah. And I was, I really loved what David had to say about um, the virtues and, and working on the virtues uh, one, one day at a time, yeah, taking, right. them, taking them baby steps, um, dedicating each day to a, a particular virtue that you're going to try to kind of hone and, and improve. I thought that was that was some good practical advice for me. Absolutely. I have a lot of virtues that I need to work on. Well, as you know, I have dedicated more than 18 months of the Red Sea Radio show focusing and taking a virtue each month and really wanting to break down what it is and mm-hmm. then the tools. I'm really into it. I was telling Deacon Mark on our, our pre-phone call that that's very important to me for people to listen to the show and be able to walk away with a practical tool of how to increase in virtue. So I was asking him before, I was asking Deacon Mark before, which one would you like to weave through this show today? So this is such a great segue into virtue, okay. and it is humility, correct? Humility. Now, why why is that for you? Well, at, at many times in my life, I try to be my own God, yeah. and I am not God. No. So I have to you know, humbly remember that uh, I am a creature. I am not the creator. I'm not in management. Right. So. Right. <laughs> well, that's a funny term. <laughs> so true. I mean, I, I often see humility as a, as a big umbrella of lots of other ones that are kind of floating around, you know, like a little piece of it. And my favorite that floats around underneath the umbrella of humility is self-forgetfulness. Hmm. Self-forgetfulness. You know, not in a negative way as far as you personally look at yourself, but that you really actually just forget about your wants and cares and to be so less focused on yourself that those people around you become of utmost importance. And and to me, that's a tool. That's like a real practical, how do I practice self-forgetfulness? So I really challenge our listeners today to just take that to the Lord and contemplate what would self-forgetfulness look like for me today? Take the lower place, you know, kind of that, that yes. parable. Yes, exactly. Fits in there well. To go back to the benefit dinner and being humbled, I want to say to everyone listening that we are humbled by y'all's generosity, both in Bryan College Station and in Central Texas. Our benefit dinners were very successful. You have supported us another year, and I was so blown away by the enthusiastic giving for Victory Sports that we unveiled uh, at our benefit dinner this year and where that's going to lead. And please keep that initiative in your prayers and stay tuned for updates as we go along. Um, But goodness gracious, just how many people turned out at both events, how how generous people were. How many people do you think were there at the benefit? Uh, I think we... I would say we had about 300 at, at each place. Wow. 
Um, definitely very full Amazing. rooms, you know, yes. lots of great energy at both places. Um, again, just thank you very, very much. And we couldn't do it without you. This is your local Catholic radio station, your local Catholic apostolate. We're here to serve you and we love all of you and you're always in our prayers. That's thank right. You. You know, this is the gratitude uh, to God for people who's open to the Holy Spirit and listening to support what we truly believe and want to honor as the work of the Lord. And so thank you for listening to that call within your heart to give to the radio station because we truly, truly try to be just servants of the Lord to to put out the good news, his good news of love, hope uh, on the airwaves all the time. Well, speaking of a person of good hope and love, saying of the day. St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Yeah, tell us about her. Oh, wow. I was reading about her this morning and so inspired. Um, So she was a princess um, of Hungary, right? And she and her husband were raised together as children, which was Ludwig, right? Um, And so I guess she married about 14, the age of 14, Which was not uncommon at that time. Right. And um, they had three children, but oftentimes Mm -hmm. Ludwig would get mad at her for going out and serving bread. So, Mark, go ahead and just jump in if you know more, because add to the story. He's like, I'm not sure. Uh, No, you're... um I'm just following along with your story. So oh, it's all good. okay, okay, yeah. So I imagine there's like a story where he was mad at her and followed her. She had put a bunch of bread in her, her like apron or, or dress, you know, just to go to the peasants and and serve the poor. And he followed her in his anger for her going out and having that kind of behavior because you know that was not a thing that you did if you were royalty. And when she opened her apron out were flowers, which I thought was really a precursor to, you know, the Tilma and Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, And then she lost her husband, lost Ludwig, and became a third order Franciscan and continued to serve the poor until her death at the age of 24. And so that struck me too. You think about, you know, how we often think it takes a lifetime to accomplish something. No, no, young people. I've met some amazing young people. Um, I am so blessed to be a part of the RCI program here right now at St. St. Mary's. And so I thought of all of those kids that were just like, they're not kids, they're young adults, that in their own right can make such a huge difference. And St. Elizabeth of Hungary is just that example that, you know, we look to the saints for those examples about how, how much she was able to accomplish in, what, probably 10 years from 14 to 24? Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. That's very impressive. Yeah. And speaking of the uh, the youth, uh, to go back to the benefit dinner uh, here in Bryan College Station, especially thank you to the focus missionaries that came and supported us, to the Kappa Theta Betas that were there and uh, volunteering ahead of time, to the Aggie Knights of Columbus that were there volunteering and, and supporting us. Gosh, that was so great to see all those young faces. Right. And then in, in up in Central Texas, the Baylor Knights of Columbus, they were there supporting us. Um, so, awesome. yeah, we have we have those um, shining lights of, of hope in our in our midst ourselves. It's so beautiful. It is. And so I want to just ask all of our listeners to keep in your prayers uh, the multitude. I think there's just shy of 25 people um, 
seven coming into the church as either newly baptized or from a different Christian tradition, and then 17 young people that were born uh, Catholic, baptized, received First Communion, but never had been confirmed. And that's why I'm there, because uh, a dear young man to my heart, his name is Blake Falden, and he will be receiving um, confirmation. And I just ask for your prayers for him and everyone just like him um, during this uh, this coming weekend. So that's pretty exciting. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated. How can they do it other than the bishop? Deacon Mark, how come the priest can do a confirmation and not the bishop? The bishop has the ability to uh, confer those faculties, mm. and that's what he has done. So you can't be everywhere at once. And so. there's, there's, there's one bishop, and how many parishes do we have right. in the Diocese of Austin? How many? A bunch. A bunch. <laughs> many, 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 for sure. Right. If you ever look in the Catholic spirit, it shows his calendar, and he is somewhere every day. And every weekend he's doing confirmations. There's just not enough Saturdays in the in the year. That's so, that's so beautiful. So please keep everybody in your prayers that will be receiving that. Welcome our new members into the church. It just... It was so cool sitting in that RCI program and uh, listening to Christopher Lafitte last night talk about um, opening up your heart to the love of God um, as a vocation. So I really learned something really cool last night, which was he he, he gave kind of just this beautiful formula for discernment about the you know the age of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen to open up your heart to the Lord, to have a real experience of our Lord and Savior, to ask Him for it, and He will be generous in that. And then to ask him for, how am I made to love? How am I made to love? And how will my vocation reflect that? Would it be priesthood, religious life, consecrated, single, or marriage? Which is like, wow, I never heard it put so succinctly and thought that was just a really beautiful way. So I thought I'd kind of pass that on. Yeah, God's not a bully. We have to ask God for what we want. Oh, that's so true. It's so true. It's just like we have to ask for grace every day. Every day. Right, right. So, yeah, so pray for this young group of people. This is very exciting to me um, to be a part of this weekend. And, again, if you um, have never supported your RCA program in your local parish, just go. Just go some night just to see what it's all about. Uh, the speakers most all the time are going to be so dynamic I mean, I've died, I've been deep in my faith for a while, and I learned so much, and it was a blessing to me. Well, with that, we'll start to wrap up this segment of the show. We hope that you'll join us after the break. Deacon Mark and I will be talking about his ministry, his vocation, his love of the Lord, and humility. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, welcome. Welcome back to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. Again, I'm your host today, Pam Marvin, and joining me in studio is Deacon Mark Oliveri. Welcome again. Yes. I'm so glad you're here. So let me, I'm doing all of this from memory. I'm doing my favorite stuff about your bio from my memory. Okay. So really cool. Long time um, resident at Bryan College Station. Yes. And Aggie. 
Yes. And worked a long time in information technologies, mm-hmm. right? And then you had a call to the diaconate. Yes. Which we're going to talk about a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you went on to do some really cool work at, what was the name where you got the master's in the spirituality? Loyola Chicago. And you did all online, took you three years. And tell yes. me the name of that degree. So it's a Master of Arts in Christian Spirituality, Spiritual Direction. Oh, I can't wait to dive into this one a little bit more. That's going to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of all, you're a father and husband yes. and father, three adult sons, correct? Yes, all Aggies. Yeah. Do you have grandkids too? Not yet. No a couple, grandkids. Uh, our oldest is trying. They're married and uh, practicing NFP and working on it. So. Well, if they need any additional, <laughs> sell them Pam Marvin. I'll get, you know, take a good look at their chart and see. <laughs> Are they where? Where do they live? They live in Houston. Oh, okay, so, there's so many. By. Oh, yeah, bet one of the best uh, napro physicians in town. There's a um, Caritas in in Sugarland. Great, great work that they do over there. So I can't say enough good about that. Yes. And your beautiful wife Lisa. Yes. yes. So awesome. Thirty five and a half years we've been married now. Wow. Met at fish camp. Isn't, isn't that great? <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing how many people meet at fish camp. I know my adult daughter was like, I went to fish camp and I didn't meet, not fish camp, Aggie Awakening. That's another one where you oh. meet your spouses. So she went to Aggie Awakening. She says, yeah, I didn't meet my spouse. Hmm. But she did meet her spouse at St. Mary's. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so very cool. Very cool. Okay. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but I want to start uh, mainly with your journey to the diaconate. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we need more deacons, you know, and and so I I know that your story is going to be inspiring. I haven't really actually heard it, so I'm looking forward to it. So back in the, uh, I guess, going all the way back to the very first uh, spiritual retreat that I had, I was confirmed in seventh grade, and that's pretty much when RRE stopped. So mm. I really wasn't uh, doing much after that. And then I went on my first spiritual retreat in 94. My younger brother went and he couldn't describe it. He said, oh, you got to go, you got to go. So I took it on his word and went, had no idea what it was. He just said it was a silent retreat. It's like, what do you do, fishing? He goes, no, 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 it's just it's quiet, it's silent. And that changed my life. That was in 94, man raised on the Mississippi Ignition yes, Retreat. Yes. And went, been going every year ever since and heard the call to, to serve more. And I wasn't sure what that meant. So I would talk to the spiritual directors there, talk to my wife about it, got involved, very involved with the church, and kept hearing there's more to it mm-hmm. and uh, encountered uh, Deacon Ted Baker and spent time with him and then got involved with marriage prep. It's like, here, what can we do? He's oh, I know what you can do. And mm-hmm. so I got involved with marriage prep at St. Thomas. And we've been doing that ever since. Like how many years have you been doing marriage prep? Oh, since uh, I think it was 06, 07. Really? Yes. And we were doing, we've been uh, engaged couple sponsors since 95. Wow. So we've been involved with that for, for many years. And sent my application and went, went to an information session. And actually, there's an information session for uh, the permanent diaconate December 12th at St. Joe's in Bryan. Really? Yes, uh, from 2 to 5. And so we went to one of those in Caldwell in uh, 08. And they said, ah, oh, the applications are due over the summer. So, yeah, I waited just before vacation. I dropped it in the mail. Turns out I was about a week late. Wow. But that was okay because I wasn't ready at the time. My family wasn't ready at the time. So three years later, Deacon Ted made sure I knew that another information session was coming along and uh, submitted uh, for that after more prayers. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I I need some more uh, theology type classes. So I'll just go just for the, I'm not planning on being a, ordained as a deacon, I'll just get the, some more uh, of the information so I could 
spread out the spread the word more. It helped me with my RE classes that I was teaching. And little did I know, God had a bigger plan than okay, that. And, okay, okay. Uh, I love how He does that. Yeah, absolutely. So I was ordained. It'll be five years this Friday. Congratulations Thank and you. happy anniversary. Thank you. Very and, and I didn't know what to expect. Um, I never really saw myself uh, giving homilies, being involved at the parish. I always thought I'd be outside the parish. So I do both. I do both. And I love it is, I, I can't describe what it's like being next to Father in the consecration. Mm. I melt every time. Mm. And I miss, if, if I'm not scheduled that weekend, I miss not being that close. So yeah. it's it's just... Uh, when we're actually able to serve under both species, I can smell the aroma of of the wine wow. right there. It's just so powerful. Um, I can't I, I can't put words to it. No. Um, in the first year, you know, the first five years, it's hard to believe it's already been five years. Uh, you know, they prepare you. It was a five year program. It's five years of formation. It's not head work. It really is a change of heart. And I needed a lot of change, so <laughs> it was a, it was a good thing for me. Um, but I wasn't prepared for, for what came out of it. Um, it was a tsunami of grace. That's the wow. best way I could put it. A tsunami of grace is unexpected wow. and just more powerful than you can imagine. I've never lived through a tsunami, but I imagine that's the way it is. Where because you, of your yes and your Because of the yes. God. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know what I was saying yes to, mm. but I said yes. And uh, it's been a, a complete total blessing for, for me, my family, uh, co-workers, my former co-workers, um, Yes, at the parish. And so you are retired now, correct? I, I consider sort of. myself on sabbat- an extended sabbatical. Oh, okay. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? So, so two years ago, I stopped working so I could go to Loyola full time. And uh, the wife was like, what are you doing? It's like, no, I, I really need to. I'm, I think I'm being called to, to get this degree to bring these spiritual retreats to Central Texas. So that's what I am doing now. I've been uh, leading retreats at St. Thomas for for over a year, I've had eight retreats that I've done, and I'm walking with uh, two groups of people right now. Yes, and it's a uh, finding Christ in the world, finding that relationship, um, recognizing that that Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. Oh, so true. He wants to be your best friend. He wants you to be his best friend. And we mm. th- too often we think of God. You know, okay, here, let me just say my prayers, and I'm done for the day. Oh, I mean, can you imagine being married to Paul and all he did was come and talk at you for a few minutes each day and then wander <laughs> off? Well, that's kind of how it goes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but he wants that relationship with right. us. And that relationship is through our prayer. But it's not just, you know, how many rosaries can we say in a day or, you know, Divine Mercy Chaplets. It's about having that relationship and spending that quiet time, slowing down long that's enough so true. to have that quiet time and to, to listen to listen. That is so true. And, and I, you know, the distractions of the world, it's not by accident, my loves. It is not by accident. That's part of the power of the, the evil one who is of the world to distract us. So um, think about the distractions you have in your day that really would stop you or keep you from praying. I mean, I'll be the first one to say that my phone is a huge distraction. I mean, I haven't yet gone in the, the confessional and confessed, ah, it's too much. But, you know, you, you get my point here, yes. um, that really slowing down and taking that time to pray, one of the best, best opportunities is in the Adoration Chapel. Absolutely. Wow. We're so blessed here in the Brazos Valley to have, I think, two, two perpetual. I'm not sure St. Joseph is perpetual, but I know that St. Thomas Aquinas is perpetual. 
St. Anthony's is available too. Um, do you know a little more about that? I, I don't know about, the, I know about St. Thomas, uh, Aquinas' uh, perpetual adoration. I, I go there um, not as often as I would like, but I, mm-hmm. I go and I go with no agenda. I, I see some folks, they'll go to adoration and they've got, you know, a stack of books. It's like, it's hard to listen if you are reading that whole time. Right. So I would encourage you, those that are going to adoration just to, to go with no agenda and just sit there and let God look at you. So true. And listen to you. So I had a, I had a really cool experience last week. It was a mixed blessing. So I was really set on getting to confession at Thomas Aquinas. And so I was going to go early. I was going to get there at 11. I was going to go to confession. I was going to sub for the adoration hour from 12 to 1 for a friend of mine. And they didn't have master confession. I don't know what was going on, but it was canceled for the day. And my first reaction, of course, is like, oh, because you know how you get your right, mindset right. on getting to go to confession. But then my second thought was, Lord, you want me to spend two hours with you? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Mark, it was like going to a retreat. Absolutely. I sat there for two hours and, and and just prayed and I journaled like, you know, that that kind of the, I think journaling it can be really efficacious. Like if you have all those Absolutely. things on your heart that you're like, okay. Yeah, for me, it was like, how can I take better care of myself? Like that was one of the places I felt I was really been, you know, dropping the ball a little bit. Absolutely. And so I'm just saying it's a big plug for adoration. Yes. I wish we could do it every day. Why not? Right. Why not? Um, What's stopping us? Yeah, right. What is stopping us? And even just going to mass, daily mass. I mean, that's a form of retreat. So true. Yeah, finding that silent time. And sharing that with, with the Lord, giving back. I mean, we, we get gifts of time, talent, and treasure, and we're really quick to give off our, our talents and our treasures. But do we give God time? Right. So uh, Such a good point. Uh, you know, I want to challenge you because uh, our listeners that Advent's right around the corner, my friends, yes, right? Prepare. And Advent is also the reason why it's purple. It's a Lent light. Yes. So that's, I didn't know that until just a couple of years ago in my my journey. And so maybe adding daily mass during Advent would be something that would inspire our listeners to yeah, even grow if it's just closer. Adding one day a week. I mean, St. Thomas, they have 1215. You can take your lunch break with Jesus mm-hmm, so true. and be back at work at one. So I that's, used to do that all the time. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So let's, let's go on uh, your progression of the way. You, oh, fifth anniversary. Are you doing something special for that? Um, my wife has, my activity coordinator has not told me yet. Okay. Well, (laughs) we're praying for you, Lisa. There you go. Okay. So I want to dive a little deeper into what are Ignatian retreats? And also, have you been approached by the Cedar Break yet? Maybe do some. I have talked to Brian up there. So we're trying to get something scheduled. So we have to ease into it. Okay. Well, put me on the list because I'll be there. Okay. There you go. (laughs) So let's talk about. Gosh, how do you even prepare for something like that? And how long are they usually? Well, a, an Ignatian retreat, um, first off, is um, spiritual exercises from St. Ignatius of Loyola. Um, we're celebrating 500 years. Um, and it's really about uh, encountering God, encountering Jesus, and having that personal relationship. That's really what an Ignatian retreat is all about, is realizing that, that Jesus is present and available to you and, and building that relationship with him. 
encountering him in all things, finding Christ in all things mm. and all people and all things. That's really what uh, Ignatian uh, spirituality is all about. And That's beautiful. But, but, you know, there's like you going back to the days, because I know like there could be a, it was originally designed as a month long. Yes. So there's uh, what they call annotation. So there's a, a 20th annotation, which that's the way St. Ignatius started. It was, it was 30 days where you were away from family and distractions, and everything else. And you would meet several times a day for your spiritual director. And St. Ignatius and his brilliance realized not everybody's going to be able to do that. Very few people are. So we also have a, a 19th annotation, which is the full exercises in daily life. And that's spread out over 30 to 40 weeks where you meet with Whoa. your spiritual director once a week. And I did that uh, two years ago, and it's a beautiful experience. Wow. St. Ignatius also knew that some people are not going to be able to, to carve out that much time every day dedicated for 30 to 40 weeks. So he has even an abbreviated one, which is a, an 18th annotation, which could be anything from a few hours to several weeks, depending upon uh, where that person is in their spiritual journey. So that's what I've been doing is the shorter ones. That I'm involved with a, a retreat that's a structured retreat that goes 13 weeks. I've wow. been doing those, as well as another one that is a handful of weeks that's through Advent, another one that's a handful of weeks through Lent and then Easter. And then I'm also preparing one that's uh, that they have at retreat houses. That's normally a three-day silent retreat. Right, right. And I've actually been putting that one together, and I've been uh, ex- I hate to use the word experimenting, but I've been experimenting with the men at the local state prison. I've been giving it to them uh, one once a week instead of uh, you know eleven talks in, in three days. It's going to be eleven talks over eleven weeks for them. Yes, I I have had the good fortune of being able to do the three days retreats mm-hmm. and have and find that I long for it, you know, yes. so much so. And I know there's some an eight day one too. I've had some yes. friends that got to go to a whole eight day one. That's yes. so freak. That's so cool. And they're all variations of it, what they call an 18th annotation. So yeah. you know, the original exercises was a four week. So they, they call them weeks, but the week may not be seven days. You may spend more time on one part of it than another part. It all depends upon where the, the group is or the individual is. So cool. Well, we have a caller. I don't get callers very often. So here I'm going to segue to our caller. Welcome, Judy. Hey, Pam. Uh, good morning, uh, Deacon Mark. Um, I'm driving along, and I seldom drive alone, so I... Uh, been fascinated uh, by the show today, and uh, first of all, Deacon Mark, I want to thank you for your five-year commitment to uh, the diaconate and the gift that you are to many people, but especially to Keith and I, um, for our listeners. uh, My husband, Keith, has been in formation for nearly five years, and God willing, his ordination day will be on March 19th, St. Joseph's Feast Day next year, and um, he's had the privilege of working with you in prison ministry and things like that, Mm -hmm. and uh, perhaps uh, your wife Lisa told you, or maybe she didn't, because it was an HEB encounter that we... The Holy Spirit put us together in the produce section, which happens to me quite often. But <laughs> we really had a <laughs> a wonderful uh, talk, sharing uh, experiences, and she just you know kind of shared some of y'all's experiences. And it's kind of like when you're having those moments of the struggle, 
because it is. Uh, she's just like, you know, Judy, Mark and I would get to this point and we would just kind of say, okay, either you're called to it or you're not. And if you are called to it, then you believe that Jesus is going to give us what we need to get through that. And if not, then we're looking in the wrong direction. So it's just so um, common sense, but, you know, sometimes you just need to hear those kind of things. Uh, so I just wanted to publicly thank you and Lisa for y'all's witness um, to everyone that y'all encounter, especially at HEB. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for, for Keith's yes and your yes also. Um, formation really is that. It's not like uh, you sign up at the recruiter for the military and you're going to go through basic training and you're in. Uh, formation is not that way. In essence, you're marrying the church and both sides, it's a courtship. It's a, it's an extended courtship. And for any reason, it may not be the right thing. So some people go into it thinking, oh, I have to be ordained. Those are usually the guys that are not ordained. And it is challenging. When they first uh, explained it to us, oh, it's going to be five years and you have to make all these classes. I looked at my wife and was like, right, with my schedule, I'm, I'm going to miss a bunch. Mm. I only missed one. And it was scheduled six months in advance to do a data center move. So I couldn't get out of it. I was the lead guy and uh, yeah. you know, made all the, the classes. So it was a... As you said, if the Holy Spirit is leading you there, it'll all work out. You're not in charge. I mean, that's part of you're not in management. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, and one of the other things that I, I wanted to mention is that this is the time of the year, every three years, where there is uh, inquiry opportunity of our listeners uh, mm -hmm. may be feeling that nudge of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there is there happening going to be one here locally at St. Joseph's Parish on December the 12th, right, but there's a list of, of those dates uh, available, and uh, Keith and I are going to participate in the one on the 12th at St. Joseph's, but if there's anyone who's in any way curious or feeling that call, we would love to let you buy us dinner somewhere and have a, <laughs> have a conversation about, uh, you know, those steps and how to get through it. We'd love to be there for anybody else who is, uh, inquiring things, but I'm just really enjoying y'all's conversation about all the things that help us get through the day, whether you're, uh, Pam's a professional, in your job and in your day-to-day -day and as a parent and as a mother and a grandmother, all those things, uh, adoration and frequent mass and frequent sacraments just makes all the difference in the all world. The difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you think you're being called, yeah. definitely, you know, have a chat with the spouse first, because if she's not on board, it's not going to happen. And then talk to your pastor, see if what your pastor you know, we bounce it off your pastor and, and see if he's seeing the call in you also. Because if your pastor's not on board, uh, that's a that's a false start. Also, it's not going to start. Yes, mm. yes, and I mean, I would assume that uh, you see that gift in other people also, and sometimes mm -hmm. it just takes that one. Have you considered the diaconate? Absolutely. Which, you, of course, you're signing a blank check when you think you are considering it because there's just. There's no way to truly understand or embrace the formation until you walk into it. And then those questions come up and answers come up, and mm -hmm. it's, 
things are slowly revealed. That's why it's a five-year process. And the Stevens Project is uh, also a wonderful springboard into starting uh, those or the third Thursday of the month in in Austin, where you go and just meet with other deacons and their wives and hear their story. And uh, right. so, so if you're between the ages of if it. you're between the ages of thirty and fifty nine, and you keep hearing this call to serve others in a permanent way then, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit is calling you. I mean, that was the big thing that they differentiated for us is we're all called to serve. But as a volunteer, if I don't like the other people I'm working with or if I get busy, I can quit. As a permanent deacon, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in. Wow. So, And it's okay. Good deal. Well, Judy, thank you so well, much for, yeah. for chiming in. And, and thank you and Keith for your devotion. It, it's an inspiring and edifying to people like me and Paul. So thank you, sister. Well, uh, we're blessed by it and uh, we just can't give all the glory, any more glory to God than we possibly Amen. can. So, Amen. all right. Y'all have a great day. God you bless you. Bye-bye. Okay. So thank you so much, Judy. It's so good to talk to you and hear your voice. And thank you again for all you do for our community. You know, speaking of doing for the community, you do something that's so near and dear to my heart, which I get to participate in. And I, and so far, you haven't called me to come help out at marriage prep over at St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm saying well, we, I'm we, here we and do, I'm available because this is I, I for I don't know if the, my listeners even know what a big heart I have for marriage prep. I mean, I'm really even looking at what is it about discernment and the vocation of it? We spend a lot of time in discerning the vocation to priesthood and religious life, but how much have we devoted to the vocation of marriage? Yeah. If you're not praying for your future spouse, you're behind, you're behind. You should be yeah. praying for them when you're in grade school because they're, they're most likely walking on the earth at this point. And par- parents too, for your children. That was yes. something I didn't realize I should be praying for, for the spouses of my children, you yes. know, until Way too late. So you do help with marriage prep. prep. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit more. Like you said, you kind of fell into it because you wanted to like put your money where your mouth is. You started doing marriage prep. Mm-hmm. And how often do you do it? And how, so did, you, we, how did you get to be an expert? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deacon Ted uh, was, was uh, kind enough to invite us. It's like, hey, do you need any help with anything? It's like, oh, well, let me give you a binder. So we've been involved with uh, doing presentations at the retreat weekend. So we actually are doing it four times a year. Uh, It's actually on the St. Thomas website. You can actually uh, go find that there. Uh, We just did one in October. The next one will be in February. So there'll be four of them in 2022. And it's a full Saturday. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's four different talks, one on faith, one on uh, communication, one on sexuality and one on stewardship and uh, it's a it's a full day and it's a beautiful thing we, we love sharing our story and getting the folks thinking about uh, you know beyond just the wedding day I mean there's a lot of prep for the wedding day sure. and I always remind them when my wife and I were married uh, it was 17 minutes and that was the ceremony because it was not at a mass because she was not Catholic at the time and so there's a lot of prep that goes into it but how much prep do you put into you know your marriage where, you know, how many years do you want to be married? Do you want to be married for six months or 35, 50 years? Right. So, and it's every day, as you know, every day you have to say yes to the person next to you. Absolutely. It and is. are you prepared for that? Right, right. And it starts, it starts way long before you, you walk into the marriage prep 
area. So we really encourage our parents to uh, take some time, pray for the spouses, Mm -hmm. talk about what it is to have a lasting marriage. Yes. And what that means. It's, it's about sacrifice. It's about, it's, true love is sacrificing for the good of somebody else. And marriage is, you're not getting, a, as I, we tell the couples, you're not marrying a cook or a, a mechanic or a paycheck. You're marrying somebody to help them get to heaven, to serve right. them, not to be served, but to serve them. So that's our first vocation is, is in service of others. For sure. You know, as I, as I'm a big culture watcher, I kind of look around and see um, what's going on in the culture. And as you know, marriage has been terribly under attack. And Mm -hmm. I think that is on purpose because the evil one knows that um, family is the cornerstone of civilization. Mm -hmm. And so naturally it's going to be attacked. And I think when you, you realize that as a young person, perhaps going into a marriage that you're going to be constantly, um, Attacked really mm-hmm. to divide him and her. Of course, that's yes. that's a, one of the the original. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you have to, you know, as I said, every day make that choice. Um, and some people go, oh well, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know if this is the right person. I mean, my mom and dad they knew each other for two months before they got married, and they were married fifty some years before my dad passed away. Now was every day smooth and calm and easy. Absolutely no. not. Um, no. But were they loving? Did they love each other? Were they dedicated? Were they were they in it a hundred percent? Yes, and that's what we call to do. That's what we say in the vows: until death do you part. Exactly. So for you to get out of the marriage, they have to die. It's that's like, what? Right. Yeah. yeah. And as a deacon, permanent deacon, if my wife passes before me, I'm married to the church. I, I'm still married to the church. Right. There is no remarries. That's beautiful, though. Yes, that's really absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. I, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, I wasn't even, I, I was not Catholic when I married, but we did have a mass, even though I did, couldn't receive communion at my, mm. at my wedding. But I was like, no, this is important to me. I want it to be in the context of the Holy Mass. Um, but one of the best pieces of advice I got from, I don't know, it's just a random stranger, is trust your decision. Mm-hmm. Like if you discern this well and with the Lord, um, which is so very important to have the Lord in the center of the all marriages. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, trust that decision. Cause in my, in my world, I've seen a lot of divorce mm-hmm. and over the time it's like, you know, you're just trading one bag of issues for another. So why not just commit yeah. and love supernaturally? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And some days you may not like the person, but that's okay. They still love you. And you have to remember that you both said yes. Mm-hmm. And they they loved you then and they will love you tomorrow. Maybe not today, but they'll love you tomorrow too. Right. So you have to be all in every day. And and one of the other really zingers for me too was learning that love is not a feeling. It's a verb. Yes. It's something that you do. Yes, absolutely. And it's giving them the small gifts throughout the day. It's about serving them. That's right. You don't get married to be served. And so many people think that, oh, well, yeah, it's uh, no, 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 no. It's about serving them. So it takes some humility. Absolutely. <laughs> some self-forgetfulness. Yes, yes, absolutely. And as I said earlier, I don't know where I heard the, you know, we're not in management, but that's the, the important thing that we f- we forget that it's not, it's not about us. It's about what we can do for others and serving and serving humbly and right. not looking for what's in it for me. I mean, we're in a culture of this is what I want and I want it now and what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody said recently to me that uh, 
you know the difference between uh, saints and us? Saints know they're eternal. Mm. And we forget that. We forget that, that we are eternal and that we are That's God's so creatures. And he wants to be with us. And it's not on our terms. It's on God's terms. So when we, we try to do things ourselves, and that we've got control, I'm in control of it. I got it. I mean, I was in IT. I had it. I was in control of it. <laughs> a lot of stress, a lot of stress that I had to realize that, no, God's, God's got a plan. And I can either work with his plan or I can fight against it. That's so true. And being able to accept that it may not go my way. Same thing with my family. You know, I don't ha- it doesn't have to be done my way with my spouse, with my children, my adult children. It doesn't have to be my way. And that's, that can be hard where when you think you've got it, you know, I'm an educated person. I know how to do it. No, there's better ways. There may be a different way. It may not be better, but it may be a different way. And do I need to force my way on it? No, I don't. No. It's a gift to let somebody do it themselves. You know, another um, phrase I heard is the definition of humility that I thought was really beautiful to ponder is that just remember every person you meet or encounter, you have something to learn. Oh, absolutely. They have something to teach you. <laughs> and that is so important. I mean, and, and the first thing that comes to mind is a super annoying person, right? Yes. If I meet them and they're super annoying, what is God trying to teach me right. about myself? Yes. You know, I feel like it's like kind of punching and just trying to like, it's, it's the, the file against my rough edges of yeah. trying to file down my selfishness. Yeah. Right? And do you see Jesus in them? Because oh, they too are made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. That's so and true. You know, God, is lo- God is keeping all 7 billion people alive at this moment out of love. You know, we often forget that, don't we? Yes. Moment by moment, he's recreating us. We breathe only because he wills it. Even when we are sinning, he's still bringing life to us out of love. Amazing. Yes. And, and I just want to like reiterate something I said in the first part of the show too, is that marriage and, and when you enter into it properly, you become a conduit for God's love. You yes. must work on letting it flow through you. Yes. And, that, and through that cooperation, God wants to co-create with you mm. and God willing you will have a child. That's right. Yes. So God's always wanted to co-create with us. And he didn't just wind a clock at the big bang and say, go. <laughs> He's intimately involved in our lives, mm-hmm. constantly doing things for us. And we have to accept that. And that's part of the humility is we have to accept that God is always working with us and around us. Yes. Are we willing to see it? Yes. And, and one of my big things, Mark, for my life and in my own personal walk with Christ is the, the abandonment to divine providence, meaning in each moment, God's either allowed it or ordained it. And so to embrace, instead of fighting your reality, you embrace it because God's allowed it for a better purpose. And that, I tell you what, that just helps my little attitude so very much sometimes when I think, oh no, like the day of the chapel when everything was canceled. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and the second thought was, oh, you know, God's allowed this, and he gave me this beautiful spiritual retreat. God is always bringing life. Oh. And, and we see that just on the roadways with all the weeds. God can't help himself. He brings life everywhere. He brings it forth. So even when we, we don't go the direction he wants us to go, he'll still bring life out of that result. Yeah. Someone told me about, uh, you think of God, working with God like dancing. He may be expecting you to go right and you go left. He still dances with you. 
He doesn't stop and walk off the floor. He never abandons us. That's so beautiful. You know, in transition to another topic I really want to get to, because I was very interested in your homily from Sunday on the end times and sloth or sloth. I hear it's really sloth. Sloth? Well, it could be sloth. So, so the end times, uh, this past weekend, if you read the gospel passage and then you read the line before and after the gospel passage, Jesus says, be watchful, mm. be watchful. Because the end times, it's coming. Uh, we have to realize that our life here, 150 years from now, where are we all going to be? We're not going to be walking on this earth, not like we are today. You know, if the second coming has come, it'll be different. And we don't, as uh as a race, as a society, we don't think about death. We don't plan for death. We, okay, maybe we have funeral arrangements, but are we living each day as today could be the last day? Memento mori. Memento mori. That's right. Exactly. And you, you mentioned memento mori. I mentioned that in my homily because when the, the Roman generals would enter into Rome, the conquering generals, after they had, you know, had victories, there would be a slave in the chariot with him, whispering into his ear the entire time, memento mori, memento mori, mm-hmm. memento mori, which means remember death. You have to die. You have to die. So it was for the general wouldn't get a big head thinking that, oh, they have it all done and, and everything's about them. No, each one of us, we're going to die. We have to be watchful. And are we preparing for our final day? Are we preparing when we're going to stand in front of Jesus and respond to how we how we showed love, because as you said, love is an action verb. Mm-hmm. How did we show love to those closest to us? Those that walked past us, those that were standing on the street corner that we wanted to drive by or change lanes or cross the street because we didn't think that they would reflect God's love to us. Or about the annoying relative. Or the annoying uh, relative, yeah, yes. Speaking we got the of holidays the holidays, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. How can you love them better? Listen yes. well. Listen yes. Well. Just being present. Being present. How would how would Jesus have handled that annoying relative? Did he have annoying relatives? Absolutely. He lived in a family. He had to have had an uncle so-and-so that probably just, you know, bent his ear and drove him crazy. And yet he was loving to him. He saw God in them. And that's what we're called to do is be loving. Right, right. Such blessings. Because we may be the annoying relative to somebody. Right. Well, how are you preparing for your death. I mean, I can, I can, I can tell you kind of some of the things that, that I've done to keep. So since grade school, I didn't think I was going to live to 30. Really? Yes. I didn't think I was going to get to 30 and I've well passed that number, <laughs> but I, I tell it to my wife often when I kiss her goodbye in the morning, when I come, you know, greet her coming back, I don't, it's not a guarantee that I will so, see her. I may not see her again today. So I, I live each day knowing that this could be the last day and I don't, I don't hold grudges. I don't, you know, hold on to revenge or anything like that. It's like, here, let me, let me try to keep my house in order because today could be the day. I always envision myself sitting across from a table with Jesus. And he's like, okay, let's talk about your relationships. Mm. Ooh, yes. Yes, Lord. What were were my relationships like? What about my marriage? How was that? Yeah. We heard Jesus talk so many times about the, the wedding banquet, the wedding banquet. So, yeah. A divorce, yeah. How do you divorce from the wedding banquet? That'd be a bad day. You know, since you do have this Ignatian spirituality, this is bringing me to another very important thing that we should be doing well, which I confess I do not, and that's your examination of conscience. The examine to me that is just one of the primary ways to 
reflect upon your life and your day every day Mm -hmm. um, to reflect on your sin, personal Mm -hmm. sin, but more importantly, on God's blessing. So can you talk a little bit more about what that is and, and how... If no one's ever done it before, where's a good place to start? So there's a great app called Reimagining the Examine, and it has a plethora of different uh, versions of the daily examine. But the daily examine, it really is, is five easy points. And you spend maybe five tops, 10 minutes, and it's not a, oh, here, let me beat myself up for 10 minutes. That's not what it's no. about. It's you ask for the light of God, then you, rev- you review your day. You're the last 24 hours or ever since you've done your last exam and you're not going to do it for two weeks, you know, tops is a day. And you look for the times of the day that uh, you were thankful. You know, where was, where was the, the blessings of the day? Mm-hmm. And you walk with Jesus during this time frame. You're looking at the day with Jesus as if he's sitting there, you know, watching like a, a movie screen of your day. And then you look at the times where, you know, where, where did I fail to, to bother to care? Where did I fail to bring love? And you share that with Jesus and ask him how he feels about it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you look at uh, the next day of, okay, here, Lord, this is where I think I'm going to need your help tomorrow. So it's really a very short period of time, but it's always in love with Jesus there with you, examining right. your day. So you're looking for the high points. You know, Think about when you, know, you come home for the end of the day and you want to share with your spouse, hey, here was the great things that happened today, or here were the not so great things. That's really what the daily exam wow, is. I never it's sharing that it with way. Jesus. How was your day? The very common question, right? How was your day? Was your and day? you share it with the Lord. And you ask the Lord right. to help you see the day through his eyes because you may have missed something that was really big. So you listen to your heart. You listen to your heart. You know, Mark, this just came to my spiritual guide had, had given me this phrase, and it's really stuck with me when it comes to an examine. It's like, oh, it's such a piercing way to ask the question, Lord, how have I offended you? Because mm-hmm. I, I live a life where I just like pray never to offend the Lord. Just There's a beauty in that never offending him. And so to ask that question that way, how have I offended you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is I think a very raw and real way. Yeah, my, to my go spiritual to him. director uses the phrase failure to bother to care. <laughs> oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> So, and, and again, it's not that a... Seems, that speaks of me, male spirituality, female spirituality. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, yeah. but it's not a 10 minutes, you know, beating yourself up. You're also looking at the blessings of the day. Right. Oh, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I must confess as I'm laying there doing my exam and I will start with my blessings and just keep going and and going and don't even get to the failures really. It's like, <laughs> and before I drift off to sleep. But yeah. um, I just... I think that's such an important part of what we should do. And I should probably do it before I actually get in the bed. Well, you can do it at any time of the day. It doesn't have to be the end of the day. Maybe you do it at lunch every day or you do it in the shower every morning. You're looking at the previous day. Mm-hmm. It's People have asked me, when's a good time to do it? It's like when you're going to do it regularly. Right. Well, you know, the other thing I've heard that the saints would often do it several times a day. So and- if you're a Jesuit, you actually have to do it twice a day. Oh. So they do it at noon and in the evening. Well, I find that when I fall, like I've done something that's offensive to, to the Lord, mm-hmm. I kind of go through that, that yes. process right then. There's no reason not to. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's a fallacy that, oh, I can only pray, you know, morning prayer, or evening prayer. Why not pray throughout the day and invite the Lord to walk with you all day long? You know, that's that praying unceasingly. Right. So right. he can be there all day long with you. 
Okay, so we're going to so wrap it up here. Um, what would be a practical tool to increase in humility, Deacon Mark? Practical tool. What was something you would say? It would be spending time with the Lord, spending time with the Lord mm. and realizing that you are not in charge and listen rather than telling God what you want. Listen to the Lord speak to you. Right. In your prayer corner, in your adoration, where the best is mass. Yes, yes. That's beautiful. And, and, and actually, if you're... Any, any quiet place where you're not doing the talking, like, Lord, what do you want me to hear? And then just wait. That's right. Instead of telling That's the Lord beautiful. what you think he needs to hear. Oh, this has been so good. I, I mm, Will you come back on my show again in the future? Sure, Especially absolutely. when you have stuff going on. Um, well, I'm on sabbatical, I can. Yes, I love it. I love <laughs> it. So before we end, would you give us uh, your blessing? Sure. May, okay. our, may Almighty Lord watch over and take care of us. And open our hearts to his presence throughout the day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this has been I really good. I said yes good. and didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah, this has been so good. I really would love to have you on again, and especially talking about retreats and maybe doing little mini retreats on the air. I don't sure. know. Yeah. We'll talk about spiritual guidance too yes. and, and those kinds of things. But you've blessed us all so much. And thank you for your ministry. And congratulations again thank to you. both you and your beautiful wife. Thank you. Five years. Yeah, just she's amazing. By. Love it. Um, and I thank Dennis and KADC for giving me the opportunity to be on the air. But until next time, go and love your neighbor. Amen. Amen.